Welcome to the third episode of the Ithacast. I'm Duxon Nguyen. I'm Seth Murtaugh. And we're here today with uh, Dr. Nia Nunn, who yes. is the president of the Southside Community Center Board. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to invite you here to talk about Southside Community Center. Excellent. Thank you. Which has been in the news lately. Yes. Uh, I saw an exciting story today mm-hmm. uh, that you got this grant from the, the Novo Foundation. The Novo Foundation. Yep. Uh, $270,000 over the course of three years. Um, the project is called Black Feminist. I'm sorry, Black Girl Alchemist. And so we can talk about that. <laughs> I mean, that, that is a significant amount of money for, for Southside. It is. Uh, it's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Let's start with history, your history. Sure. Uh, with the center and the history of the center itself. Uh, and then we can dive into yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. more later Some of the news. Specifics. Good, good, good. No, thank you again for inviting me. I appreciate this Absolutely. opportunity. I'm falling in love with podcasts. So thanks for making me a Perfect part of timing. it. Um, yeah, my history in Ithaca goes way back. In fact, I was born and raised here. Um, so my uh, one of our first houses was on Cleveland Ave. So I, I grew up on 109 Cleveland Ave. Mm. And as a little girl, um, Southside was where you were every Saturday. That's just where you were. Um, and, And for a variety of activities and functions, but primarily for me, it was Girl Scouts. So oh, okay. I have pictures oh. of me at like three and four um, running around the building, you know, what we should be walking in the building. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was a part of a, um, it was a predominantly black Girl Scout troop. Mm. And uh, we had one white girl, she was from Newfield. Um, and, and we were, we were, it was a pretty incredible group of young women. Our mothers were guiding us through the experience, helping us fall in love with ourselves and um and learning the history of the building that was a that was a a a critical element as little girls we learned that we were in a space of greatness um i understood that very young uh and yeah so So what is the history the history of the building i know it's it's an old building sure sure sure. 80 years old yeah yeah, yeah. i know that there's this this connection to eleanor roosevelt absolutely yeah so the idea was generated about 1927 um shortly after uh there were some some marches around ithaca the kkk marches um large ones really recruiting like Mm -hmm. you know 500 people in the streets and white sheets Mm -hmm. and um so a group of black women mothers they called themselves the francis harper women's club and so they generated this idea of a community center um, ensuring that black people were safe and uh, so it started off at first in in a house Um, the story is that that house burned down and it was um, officially incorporated in 1934 Mm. so in 1934 and then it was 1938 that Eleanor Roosevelt came to visit and honor the work of these women and their leader um, James L. Gibbs Mm. Um, who was the executive director for about 10 years. He actually lived in the building. There was a, a, an apartment. It's, oh. it's strange to think of it now, but there was a little apartment. Um, he right. lived in the, yeah. in the south side. Yeah, the yeah, side. yeah. Wow. yeah. Um, and, so, and so there were just some, some incredible roots. One of my favorite things to do is to give people a tour of the space um, just because we still have some really incredible pictures, including pictures of Eleanor Roosevelt's visit um, and pictures of all the children, the Girl Scouts from back in the day, the dental care that was happening. Yeah. James L. Gibbs' name uh, adorns the road that surrounds Ithaca Youth mm-hmm. Bureau. That's right. Mm. That's and I right. did not know who yeah. that was until just oh, now. Oh, wow. So thank you. 
You were welcome. I, I didn't realize either the connection to this. So this was a response to the, like, the KKK rallies. Because I was aware of that the 1920s, there was mm-hmm. a lot of KKK mm-hmm. activity all Definitely. throughout the Northeast. And Spencer, in Ithaca, there was a mm-hmm. huge rally where you know where the, the fairgrounds where Wegmans is Over now, by Wegmans, so, yeah. Right. I have photos of that. And Which, there were like little people that were there at the rally too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize, but it makes total, it Absolutely. makes perfect sense. That I learned that from a mentor, uh, Dr. Sean Eversley Bradwell, um, his dissertation. And there is a woman. A uh, Cornell graduate in 1994, Deidre Hill, and she wrote about the history of Southside, as well as uh, Leon Lawrence. You know, um, prior to you know his passing, he made sure we knew the history of the space. So yeah, just it's that emphasis of of safety, um, just so critical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible history. Yes, yes. And then even before Southside, I mean, the history of the, the street, mm-hmm. right? With, Absolutely. With, I was actually going to just yeah. ask about, go, obviously we go on a little tangent mm-hmm. and ask right. how Cleveland Avenue has changed since mm. you were a child. So before my days, it was actually called Wheat Street. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were the Wheat Street festivals. Right. We, we, we like found a Wheat Street t-shirt from one of the festivals back in the day. Um, but I, I also loved learning and growing up and feeling like the, like the, the actual road, the street was precious, right? Like it has this history. So we learned about, um, you know, the, the church, uh, starting or being built in 1833, and that uh, Frederick Douglass actually came to visit, actually spoke in that church. So that was always um, powerful to learn about. And we'd always hear stories about Harriet Tubman right there on the street as well. Um, some of the key houses that were determined to be safe houses. And how did you know? There was a beautiful quilt in the window mm. that communicated it being a safe space. So it's just, um, you know, just got in- incredible roots. And now I'm excited to also talk about the beautiful present. <laughs> well, what, so one thing I read today was that in the late 19th century, it was, it's a short street, but it was had multiple barbershops and yes, stores. Yes. It was like a really thriving black community. Absolutely. So I was wondering briefly if you had any thoughts on, on the way the that street has changed. Oh, you want to already right talk now. about the changes? Well, just one more thing before we talk about the changes. <laughs> um, one more thing that also um, feels really special about the space, about the street. You know, we learn and teach our kids about um, Levi Spaulding and, mm-hmm. you know, his story. Yeah, officer. the first black police officer. And in fact, yeah. there's a picture of or a group of women and they're reading in the library and you see a picture of Levi Spaulding in that room. We have that actual picture in the room oh, too. Wow. So there's the picture of, so anyway, that's special. Um, I, I also, I teach at Ithaca college. So I'm a professor in the department of education and I'm super excited that our new president, um, Dr. Coyado, she has educated us about where we are because she studied the space that she was going to. And so I learned from her that the first person of color to graduate from Ithaca college is a woman, a black woman. And her name was Clarice Jones, and she was from Washington, D.C. And so on this, like, 
um, you know, this yearbook or whatever. They have the pictures of everybody who graduated and then they have this little blurb. And so, of course, these are white men writing about this woman and they said, um, you know, that she was very studious. She was, you know, she was really engaged the first three years. Now, remember, Ithaca College was on Buffalo Street then. Mm-hmm. They said, but for some reason, she keeps making her way over to Green Street. <laughs> like, they couldn't figure out. Like, that's, that's where all the black folks were, <laughs> right? So she graduated, yeah, in 1912. Uh, and so anyway, wow. just a little bit of history and, um, you know, highlighting uh, the importance of finding that space, finding that that sense of, of safety. And I love walking around the neighborhood and talking to especially a lot of the black folks that still live in their homes um, and hear their stories. Mm-hmm. So I can go to Reverend Reeves and every summer he's like, in 1963, when I moved mm-hmm. to Ithaca, yeah. black folks said, you got to go to Southside. It was the first spot that everybody had to, you know, check in to get a sense for where they really were. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that history is is fun to tell. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the neighborhood has changed yes, it has. quite a lot. Yes, it has. Um, you know, similar to, you know, neighborhoods uh, throughout the country. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's beautiful and powerful for us to learn some of the, you know, the origins and the ways in which, you know, black folks were confined to specific spaces, but what was created once confined to certain spaces. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, many changes. We'll be talking 2018. Um, and, you know, there's, we were just talking about um, urbanization and gentrification and um, the reality of a significant shift. I mean, the neighborhood is is predominantly white. Um, and so I think there has been question out there as it relates to our purpose or, our, you know, um, and the purpose of our presence. Um, and I think we've done a, a pretty good job, especially in the past couple of years, really emphasizing the need for Southside Community Center and the importance of it being where it is um, and then seeing that the south side uh, energy and love and mission um, also goes beyond the building mm-hmm. right so there you know that's that's a really key element I think people will start to see more and more is is like a south side on the road mm-hmm. dynamic or it was like if, if families are being you know uh, you know situated, and just on the west side or, you know, in the outskirts, then we will figure out creative ways to go to them um, or to, to pick them up and, and, and bring them to our programs, especially little people, especially yeah. the kids. I mean, that was a question I wanted to ask, actually, because it seems to me that there's always been a very strong identification between the building and the immediate neighborhood. Yeah. And it seems now, like from what you're saying, that you're you're thinking more about how do you serve a, a wider not just the immediate neighborhood, sure. but also the wider the whole, community. Yeah. And that's a sign of of, of the shifts mm-hmm. that have occurred. Because mm-hmm. I still think that people tend to associate Southside the neighborhood with sure. the black community. Yeah. But you, yeah. you know, I've seen myself that there'll be a neighborhood meeting I've attended and there's a lot of white faces right, there. So right. times have really changed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things I read in, in the Ithaca times, they've done some great articles. Yes. Yes. Nick Reynolds, Nick especially Reynolds he's just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was that you're really trying to, to figure out how do you serve that wider community yeah. and, um, even looking at the campuses and, Absolutely. and with everything that's gone on up at Ithaca college and Cornell, um, 
So is that something that you've, um, you're going to continue to focus on yeah. in the future? And Definitely. I mean, I, some of the relationships that we've been able to establish, I mean, it's with my affiliation with IC2 and Cornell, but um, particularly a lot of the black organizations on both campuses um, for, you know, the college students to recognize that they have a home you know, within the city. Um, and you know, just, just, just strengthening those relationships and to just knowing that we're there, um, to, for specific formal programming, but also just a space to, to go and be, um, and connect with young people. So yeah, those, those relationships are, are are pretty incredible. Um, we did, we fundraised a couple years ago for a van. Um, uh, that was, that was a success and, um, we've utilized that van quite a bit um picking babies up and making sure they get home and um all of that but we just discovered that like you know when you you have food and you have transportation you can just you can make magic right (laughs) you can make magic (laughs) and you know we've definitely been able to do that can you list uh some of the programs that Southside community center provides ah yes yes um okay so we have um, first of all, just to acknowledge the the staff. So as you mentioned, I'm um, the board of directors chair, the president, um, but the executive director is Miss Nidia Blass. Um, and uh, just just going back a little bit with history, she also was born and raised in Ithaca. She was a part of the child care program at Southside. And in fact, her family goes back almost 100 years on that street. Okay. So her people are, she's Beverly J. Martin's great-grandniece. Yeah, so the Martin family, you know, goes goes way back. But you asked about today. Um, so our, our current programs, um, we do have an after-school program. Uh, children as young as, I think, four to about 12. Um, we have our bi-weekly programs with uh, food pantry. Um, we have community dinners. Um, let's see, our Black Girl Magic programs and projects that have different names and different activities like girltography and and things like that. Um, We've had some basketball programming. Um, Let's see, there's a computer lab and the Unity Studio. In fact, the Unity Studio is having an opening tonight, a reopening, because they've done some some renovations. Um, And I mean, ultimately, we are a center space for um, educational and cultural experiences, right? So some of the new programming has involved um, like a new curriculum. You know, we call it a black consciousness curriculum, um, but we have real talk teach-ins on Saturdays, you know, similar to the people, the first people school Um and that has been really successful. And we've been able to take the real talk teach-ins even out of the building and, and into certain spaces in the schools like Boynton. We were there for Black History Day. Um, and then we're very much connected with the, the Hairspray, the current Hairspray cast at the high school. So, yeah, um, I, I would say that right now there's there's maintaining some of the programs that people are familiar with um but putting a little extra emphasis in developing our social consciousness um having more of a concrete sort of uh curriculum and space to share that information um but i would say that three prongs that are really um specific to the work are around like political um and social consciousness um visual and performing arts as an avenue of expression that and then we're really trying to take you know our health seriously so this food justice and sort of nutritional consciousness as well um and it 
you know, so there's the structured programmatic dynamics, but then there's also just the reality that it's like for many of us, it's a second home. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people are, are coming and sometimes they just come in to say hello to Mama Fern, who's at the front desk, who's just an incredible human being who serves as what I told her the other day. She's like a other mother, right? <laughs> you know, people come to her for mothering. They come to her for just love. Um, and um, so, and Charles Rohde, and they're just different. So it's about programs. It's about the space, but it's also about um, the power of the people and their faces, their presence, and and how we welcome folks in the space. It's used for a lot of community events like the Ithaca Police Department annual barbecue. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a lead meeting there with the community. That's right. Um, I'm not a fan of this guy, but Tom Reed did, in fact, meet his constituents there. Hey, that was pretty, that was a pretty powerful situation. I mean, you know, I think like ultimately there was this idea that it was going to be absolute chaos, Um, but they don't know that we're educators, we're teachers, and we have expectations of our audience. (laughs) And, you know, and I think people were really respectful of the space. Um, And um, that was a, that was an interesting interaction. Um, I think the volunteers really stepped up too. I mean, because that was a challenge. People came event. through. I mean, you had like, I we mean, did. probably close to a thousand mm-hmm. people. thousand people. Jim yeah. was completely packed. Like, yeah. you know, all of that. So. I think my favorite moment yeah. from that was on the steps at the end. when you <laughs> asked him a question about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> which is, all, and it was funny because it took him a while to actually say them. Finally, he's like, Black Lives Matter. And then he does his all lives and situation. And he all right. lives thing, right? <laughs> and, then, and then I tried to sneak in there like, okay, well, now let's have a conversation about this Muslim band. You know, he's yeah. like, oh my God. No, I, I thought, you know, I thought that was an amazing moment just because you have this very conservative congressman. I think he was the second person in the House of Representatives mm-hmm. to endorse Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, standing on the steps yep, I'm like, of Come the on, historically say it. black Southside <laughs> Community Center, and I think you you did. You yeah. did. Uh, I thought that was a great moment. Awesome, from that. awesome, awesome. One more um, major program or event that I uh, adore and I've been a part of for since the beginning is um, our performing arts program in the summertime. Come up. Um, community unity music education program um, that just gives us an opportunity to engage nearly 150 200 kids in just uh, human rights that social consciousness everybody dances everybody drums um, we're expecting to have a really incredible summer each summer is really great but I love what we're able to teach you know engaging young people in conversations that a lot of people uh, think they're too young for right but I just kind of operate like that when I see stuff especially if it's painful or outrageous I think immediately about okay how do you how do you engage a four-year-old how do you teach what does this sound like you know um and so well we're sitting here on the border (laughs) of the north side neighborhood and there's an annual north side celebration Mm -hmm. is it is it those kids that you bring every year yes I do I bring a chunk yeah we're just about done with our season and Karen Friedborn reaches out and um, and we make that happen every year. So from the, again, so being visible on multiple yeah. ends of of Ithaca, serving because even at Kamep with 150 kids, it's you know the kids are from all different neighborhoods. Um, and there we actually have I have my Ithaca College students help me run that. And there are several of them that are willing to go out to Slaterville and Enfield, and they pick babies up, bring them in, and take them home. And so you know we just figure out what it takes. Yeah, that's great. It, I mean, it does seem like there's a real buzz happening mm-hmm. right now with, with mm-hmm. Southside. And yeah. like, it seems like it's kind of going through a bit of a renaissance with. Uh, yes. And, and I mean, part of the, that, that this grant, I mean, mm-hmm. is 
that's pretty exciting news. So it what is. what will you be doing with that? Uh, I mean, that's like half your annual budget, uh, right? It really, really, it really is. Um, we definitely have ideas um, about uh, new personnel, um, but we're going to give ourselves some a little bit of time to try and make sense of that. But a, a person costs money, and and you know, and we want to be able to take care of people. Um, so there, with some of the details that we flushed out, the, the, the project, we call it Black Girl Alchemist, right? So it's all about, um, you know, kind of the power of self-love and collective pride and this sort of transformation that we uh, go through in girlhood to womanhood. Um, but there's so much other programming that um, really highlights, um, you know, just this evolution of, of experiences. But so I, the idea is that we want to hire a person. Um, and so we're still, you know, mapping out some of the dynamics associated with that, possibly to even offer, um, like mini grants, if you will, for people to come do projects. Cause there are so many people that are situated in their craft, but they have like their, you know, side hustle or whatever. Um, that's incredible. And I always like see people with such incredible skills that need, you know, to be acknowledged or have ideas that would really attract the population that we want to attract. So, so there's that. Um, but some other sort of side projects that we noted and flushed out throughout the ga- the grant, um, the curriculum work that we've been doing has just is is taking off. So a while ago, I put out a call for for young people who identify as black or are identified as black um, to write to me to write to us about what does it even mean to be black, right? Like what what is your relationship with blackness? Um, where does this you know have you ever been perceived to be too black, not black enough? Like what's your relationship with Africa? Just before we decided we could map out here's a black consciousness curriculum, we're like where is everybody? Or especially the kids. In Ithaca, um, the young people. And so I say that to say that the writing was incredible. Mm. The writing was, um, it was amazing to learn um, what they know, what they feel, what they're experiencing. Um, and then slightly painful to learn what they don't know <laughs> and what they, you know, aren't having exposure to. Um, and so I, I say that or tell that story because um, we're really encouraging a, a writing culture here. Yeah. And so so we've been talking about developing a um, a publishing company. So oh, Southside, yes, awesome. Southside Pride Press. Um, yeah, and we have our first little piece um, with the the production at Ithaca High School of Hairspray. Um, obviously, we've been very supportive of the students there, Students United Ithaca, um, as Southside with my Southside head wrap and my mama head wrap. <laughs> um, since my, my child was one of the five, but we put together something that's going to go in the program. It's called a, a black, a black feminist perspective on hairspray. Um, and it's just, you know, our way of highlighting some of the critical conversations from, from the production, um, and really kind of being explicit about this black feminist lens, um, which teaches intersectionality at a whole nother level. Um, and essentially benefits everybody. I've been talking about that a lot lately. I've been saying like, you know, when, when we have an opportunity to really focus on, um, black girls specifically, black black women specifically, everybody benefits, right? Like this is a, it's a, it's a conversation, it's work, it's an awareness about hierarchies, um, and, and power structures. And, um, and so it's, it's just, it's been great. It's been good. Good. In the unlikely event that 
someone listening is not aware of what happened at Ithaca High School. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> there was a production of The Hunchback of Notre Dame and the casting of Esmeralda. Yes. Who, as portrayed in like the Disney uh, representation of mm-hmm. The Hunchback, uh, was like a gypsy person of color. Mm-hmm, a woman of color. Mm-hmm. And was cast by a, a white girl. A white girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. With no major parts. Right cast for people of color, students of color. And the students stood up yeah, and, they and really protested did. that, mm-hmm. went to the Board of Education, uh, multiple meetings, and got that production halted in favor of a new production of this hairspray that you're talking That's about right. right now. That's right. New direction, new design. Yeah, they stood very firm on that. And what's beautiful is... Um, there was a way in which the leaders uh, just did an incredible job of also enrolling the original Hunchback cast, mm. right? So they 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 all came together without grownups, and were like, "All right, y'all, here's the plan." And in can we can we unite? Can we be on the same page about a new production? And right now, there are I think sixty five students wow. in Hairspray, and forty percent of the students don't identify as white. Wow. And so when I, yeah, I went there and did a little workshop with them because if you know anything about hairspray, you'll see we, we call it powerfully problematic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and just engaging them in just even just some racial conscious one on one was just like, um, really beautiful what they did with that. And there's so many elements of this, this production, the heteronormativity, the, the, you know, some dynamics around size, who gets determined to determine beauty, um, and some of the racialized realities around schooling, special education, like it just, it just interracial dating. Um, I, I made a little, I printed out a little packet for you. <laughs> and, um, we were able to teach like what we did for, for the packet, and it will actually be in the program as we highlighted certain quotes, um, striking quotes, um, a black boy's got my daughter, uh, there goes the neighborhood, similar to the conversation we were just having, um, black are the berries, sweet are the juice, you know, and giving them education about the color line, um, the brown paper bag test. I should ask you, what, what do you think about when you see a brown paper bag? Well, I mean, I think alcohol. Oh, you do? Yeah. It's All funny. Right. When I, when, you say? when Nia asked that question of me, I said, oh, said, oh pack like, lunch. Lunch. Oh. Well, right. was, I mean, we are sitting here drinking right, wine, right. so maybe it's on my mind. So, no, it's all good. So, it's, yeah, a lot of folks don't know the one-drop rule, color line, all of that. And so, yeah, so I've got a brown paper bag right here. And so this was the foundation, essentially, of, of the color line, mm. right? So the idea is that um, for a black person, it's like the lighter, the brighter, the whiter, right? Mm. So if you're lighter than the brown paper bag, you just got access to so much more, so many elements, almost this sort of like house Negro sort of per- perspective on the experience. But to be darker than the brown paper bag means, you know, limited to no access, right? More field Negro sort of experiences. And um, yeah, and so there's a way in which some of this conversation and this um, this history is present right now. You've got some young people that team dark skin, team light skin. I'm like, wait, right. wow, yeah. wait a minute, y'all. Like, let's engage in a, um, you know, uh, some of the roots. I'm trying to unpack some right. of that. Yeah. And, so, and so when we highlight that with Blacker the Berry and Sweeter the Juice, we, we, you know, ultimately we talk about emphasizing black pride, Afrocentrism, um, and speaks to kind of love for our melanin. Um, but it's also speaking to like some of the fetishization, mm. you know, 
hypersexualization of um, black uh, men and women's uh, bodies, right? And sort of the, the history of that. So we do some of that, that teaching, that teaching on Sarah Bartman um, and just, yeah, yeah, because it's, they're, I, I, they're not going to get it anywhere else. Right. It's just not, it's not going to happen. Um, and, and we hope for it to happen. And there are young people now that will start pushing and demanding for a different level of education, um, especially around uh, racial consciousness. They talk about or an anti-racist curriculum um, that really encompasses the reality of our, our, our gendered, our, our class, our all, our ableist um, issues. So this is where Southside comes in, right? Yeah. It's kind of thinking about, okay, so then what... Um, what um, sources of, of education and information can we create through whether it be publications or performances or, um, you know, large group discussions. Um, yesterday we were talking with Hospicare. They just received a very s- small grant, um, but a small grant that is to focus on black women. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're going to go spend some time with black women and figure out what we should do with this money. I'm like, good idea. Um, but, um, so we've been talking, we just brainstormed an idea for an event to highlight, you know, black women in bereavement. Right. And then the ways in which, you know, historically we're, um, perceived to be so, you know, so strong, right. Or, or we, um, you know, culturally rock with this idea of, of strength. But interestingly enough, on a podcast I was just listening to, um, the conversation was about balancing being, you know, strong and soft. Mm-hmm. Right. I published an article. It's called Supergirl, um, strength and sadness in black girlhood. Right. And so this really, um, you know, incredible experience of, of of caring for others but but having to create opportunities really explicitly for self-care um and that's historical we've always been perceived to be so strong you know the father father of gynecology um originally did his work on black women on black women's vaginas with no anesthesia because the idea is that we could take it we could take, we can take, we, you know, so what happens when you're, so the one of the consequences of being perceived to be just so strong and is just like, then you can just, just, just take the abuse almost, right? Then it seems like just so readily uh, available. So, so a lot of this work is about really interrupting, um, that, that phenomenon and creating opportunities for, um, for black girls, for black women to, um, you know, care for self in addition to nurturing the community. So part of my self-care is about the work that I'm doing with kids or with, you know, everybody. Um, but I also need to remind myself that, you know, alone time is not lonely. In fact, alone time can be transformative. And so I'm so grateful that I'm learning that and can help to teach that. Do, do you think it's unusual for, cause I mean, you're an academic, you're a scholar, you're somebody who is devoted to the life of the mind. Do, do you think, <laughs> is it unusual for, for academics to have this level of engagement with the, uh, with the community? I don't just know your no, thoughts on that's that. A, I mean, it's a great, am, am I unusual? <laughs> yes. Because I think it's a pretty amazing thing. I mean, the, the, the fact that you can straddle these worlds the way that you do. Well, is, I, I, they intersect so deeply, right? So like even as I, I prepare teachers. 
So um, I teach classes, educational psychology, educating students with special needs, and then I teach um, some black feminist courses, black feminist alchemy, black feminist thought. Um, so my educating students with special needs course, all of my students, they're required to um, be in the schools, be in mm-hmm. spaces with young people. So a great number of them are down at Southside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I run, we run the performing arts program in the summertime with Ithaca College students. So um, the grad students mostly. So they're are yes i have to pr- protect my time mm-hmm. and i have to yeah. protect my schedule you want to come see me at Southside? i'm typically there on thursdays that's mm-hmm. it um that's my day that's it y'all um but that's what's been so nice to have to be able to pull media in on like yeah. the leadership tip because i was really able to 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 pull back because some people didn't believe that it wasn't me there doing everything and like no it's it's really not it's not (laughs) um but but i'm still very much present and i I love opportunities to to speak about side south side to share with others um but i'm also writing about it i mean my writing my scholarship um, my teaching my service um they're very much integrated and now is the time because i'm getting ready for 10 that I actually get to write about that even more explicitly. Um, and, you know, maybe it's, I'm a little bit of a, a local snob where I'm just like, be, just because this is just, this is home. You're supposed yeah. to do this. You're supposed right. to integrate all that you do. You're, you're supposed to have your children be a part of your your work, your craft. Um, that's just, that's how I was raised. And so that's what I, I know. Um, so I love to share that. I love to share that. Um, so I, I did want to ask the question about you know, a couple of years ago, there was this whole push uh, with the city, um, and it seems like this this issue is it, this, this has happened before. And it, yeah, like, you know, this question of whether Southside should become a part of the mm-hmm, city or mm-hmm, consolidate mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. as a city department, right, or right. and so there was this question, and, and, and I think it was right around the time that Southside the center was struggling with its finances, Absolutely. and there were some some issues going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember at the time because there was a group. Um, and I think the people that were involved in this group, I don't think there was anything nefarious about, sure. about this. I think vicious. this was people, it wasn't no. vicious. Mm-hmm. I think it was, you know, longstanding community members that really cared about Southside mm-hmm. and wanted the best for Southside. Um, and I say that because I was even reading the Ithaca Times today. I love Nick Rouse. I think he's a great reporter. What do you say? I missed line, it. What do you say? It was like, it was like the, city the, hall, the city hall <laughs> led effort to annex Southside into the bureaucracy. It's like he said? I love Nick. He's a trip. You know, it's like the city's the death star. Oh, and we're Lord. trying to like absorb oh. this, this beloved community Listen, center. <laughs> no, but it, no, no. But I, no. at the time, I mean, it, sure. was, it was folks like, you know, Leslin McBean, sure, sure. the director of GIAC, and, and your mother. Sure, my mother. Yeah, my mom was on that so team, for yeah. listeners Absolutely. Don't know, um, yeah. Mia's mother is, is Shelly Nunn, who's yep. the HR director for the city of Ithaca. Mm-hmm. So, so she was actually advocating. She was. That- yeah, they were brainstorming. I mean, ultimately, well, we had we finally had to get like the, the roots of the story, and that was important. Um, that summer, I was pulled in as a, the interim executive director, and we had like a community conversation about yeah. it because there were so many rumors or so many, I mean, Ithaca is so small, right? And just somebody says a little half of something that becomes whatever, you know, not to say that everybody's trying to be vicious, but it's just people talk. And so it just right. really wasn't clear what was, what was what going was on. Um, and, and it was just kind of this idea that, you know, Southside was just falling apart. So, you know, it should be uh GIAC part two. Um, I think what was frustrating for me is the way in which it seemed like, um, you 
Latino, the GIAC and Southside were pitted against each other. And right. my, and someone who, who's grown up here and really um, highly respects and values both spaces in a major way, like the things I'm doing at Southside, my children are a part of GIAC too, and I'm a yeah. part, you know, it's just like, I, it just felt like there was these external forces and it's like sort of black on black crime, you know, idea of, of our relationship with, with one another and yeah. Lezen, Travis, every, and we all are, are quite close and yeah. I, I, I honor them. I, they're mentors um, and have been throughout. So I, you know, so we finally discovered that, you know, when things were a little shaky and unclear, um, you know, especially as it related to commitment with leadership, um, you know, that it turns out that, you know, someone internally in our space had reached out right. about the possibility. We didn't even know that for a while. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think with some processing and with some kind of educating people about the the value of the space um, and that there isn't this idea of like a takeover, um, we were able to just kind of pause yeah. the idea and regroup. And I think my energy immediately went into um, sort of restoring the faith yeah. in in the center. And, I, I, you know, people have mentioned that a few times. I think even Nick mentioned it today. But just, and now, I, you know, and there was so much energy that went into that. And some of that was telling the story, telling yeah. the history, telling right. the, exactly. um, and, you know, cleaning up some things and trying to make sense of, of, of what many perceived to be um, so chaotic, and so I, I, I really, I really pushed for that. I put a lot of, lot of energy into that, and um, I, I, so you know, so I was, I was really grateful for, for some of the authentic processing that went into it. But there's still, you know, there's still some emotions. There's still yeah. some, you know, some, some dynamics about, well, you know people and their their value for the the current structure and in independence or not the current structure but just like being an independent um agency um but for me that was that was, that was really important right very very important um and i so i think we've kind of gone beyond the 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 fear of or the need to sort of restore the faith yeah. right we had yeah. that then you know we had that that space now we're in a space of just like it's still the rejuvenation, if you will, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, where there's excitement, folks know um, the name mm. differently. Um, there are things, you know, because for too long, for many years, it's like, what's going on at this side? <laughs> right? right. Um, and so I think if some people were to ask, what's going on at the South Side, there'd be a lot of people that could answer something, right? Yeah. That could recognize something, um, whether it's being present at Juneteenth events, which is going to be June 16th this year. Um, yes, yes, mark your calendars. And then, you know, some of the Kwanzaa events and things like that. So there was, there was friction. Yeah. Um it was it was difficult. Um and especially like, you know, finances is not my my right. gig, you know, numbers not so much, but um really pulling people in and asking for help, asking yeah. for help um and actually one person um because we went through a time period where, you know, we had some issues, the city kind of withheld funds right. from us for a while <laughs> and I think I went right to you too. <laughs> I, mean, you I, I went to that. everybody. Yeah. Um and I finally asked, you know, getting a sense for what we have a bookkeeper and stuff like that, but getting a sense for what should what should this look like? Yeah. Because I look back at our history and it looks like we were submitting, you know, information and a structure that wasn't really 
up to par yeah. anyway. Yeah. And so it's like, wait a minute, this is this long list of submissions has been accepted and it's yeah. unacceptable. And so um so once we were able to restructure that, one person that played a major role and was very, very supportive, um, was was Dan, Dan Kogan. Yes. Um yeah, at the city. That, yeah. I finally was like, ah, damn it. What do you want this to yeah. look like? Because there was a point in time we had $770. Vanessa, my our old treasurer, she's going to kill me if I get it wrong. Because she always said we had $770.35. Yep. And we had 18 kids. And we had, you know, and who yeah. were, were depending on our after school program. We had um, employees. We had we had seven hundred dollars in the bank yeah. for several months. So there, you know, for for uh, too long. Um, we, uh, you know, and thank gosh, people were willing to, the many of us worked for free. Many of us yeah. did what we could to just try and keep things going. Some people told us to shut down for a while. And I said, no, right. no. Um, you know, our families are depending on us. Uh, AFCU, big ups to AFCU. Mm-hmm. They um, gave us a, a temporary loan um, while we were, you know, because we had to pay people while we were getting our ducks in order to, to give this official presentation of where we are financially to the city and AFCU came through and then as soon as we got our money we we paid them right away Um, we have a very healthy relationship with them and then we were on what I like to joke and we were on a little bit of a financial behavior plan if you will Mm -hmm. Um, and as much as I kind of like bitch and moan about it um, it it's now I can communicate what's happening because yeah. of how we set it up and because of the transparency, because of, you know, like I felt like I got a little mini, mini financing degree yeah. because yeah. it was like, I want to be able to communicate every yeah. dime. Yeah. And for 2017, I and several others can communicate every dime. And that's how this happened. You know, it was yeah. like, it's like, and so as much as we're like, you know, irritated with, you know, not feeling like for a while, not feeling like the city believed in us and, and this and that, or was going to take us over. There were rumors about INHS and there were, that, Oh yeah. Lord. I was like, wait a minute. And so I go to Dan and I right. heard, tell me it's not true. I, I um, think you might have called me too. On that right. Line. Right. <laughs> yes. You and Dan. <laughs> and I was like, like uh, I'm calling you first. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, all of that, all that tension, all that, all of that, it just, you know, we really, we, we stayed steady in 2017. Um, we, you know, the tragic loss of, of, uh, Mr. Lawrence. Um, but we, 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 so that was, and that was what it was. He, he passed away and then the city didn't give us money. It was tough. It was a very, very tough time. Very, very tough time. Yeah. So, um, once we were able to demonstrate, you know, this, um, you know, the transparency, uh, that we have set goals that we, you know, know where documents are because yeah. for so long, um, each time there was like a new person in charge, it was like they were reinventing the wheel. Yeah. And now, right now, everything we're doing, um, you know, Nidia is an artist. She's a photographer. Mm-hmm. She's, she's, she's newly an administrator. Um, and she's doing an incredible job, but she's, she's a photographer. So she's getting, you know, from New York to Paris to, which I think somebody in Croatia wants her to go. Yeah. So, oh, and so I, you know, but her children are here, so I think I can hold on to her in this position for a little while. But I'm grateful for the energy that she and her staff are putting into everything that's really about 
sustainability. Yep. It's about setting stuff up so that it, it's long lasting wow. so that the new person that comes in is not creating. I mean, I was creating financial journals. I was creating some of the most, you know, basic daily, weekly thing. And I think every new director had that experience right. um, for way too long. Yep. And it gets, it gets, it gets so frustrating. It's like staying in grassroots, you know, it did seem like there was a lot of turnover so with the executive long. directors yes, for a while. Yes, yes, and just yes. and just in case there people are are unaware, I just should point out that um, you know Southside is an independent organization. I believe the city, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of these details. Sure, no, but it's all good. The city owns the building. Yes, and the city pays. I don't know. I think it's like 150 thousand so, a year yeah. towards programming. So the original um, agreement in the 1930s involved a dollar bill. And as long as we are serving the community, that building, it can always be Southside Community Center. Um, it is a city building. We, um, in terms of the maintenance of the building, things that we need are, you know, a great relationship with our um, custodial workers. The relationships are shifting. The relationships are are getting, um, you know, just, just stronger. Um, I feel like we've proved ourselves not just to the city or to others but really to to ourselves does that make sense right yeah, no, like, that makes we total like sense, yeah. you know that sense yeah. of 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 confidence and now that's not to say that there's still aren't areas that we're working to um strengthen but now i feel less um um hesitant to ask right. for 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 help yeah um and and so yeah so yes the city is our is our primary funder Right. So, so I mean, that relationship is 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 key, right. um, definitely, and and, and we honor that. But in the case of a that. couple of years ago, the yeah. proposal was actually to make Southside like a part of the city. The way that so, if if people aren't aware that GAC, the Greater Ithaca Activity Center, is actually a city department, right? And so they have city employees that are. Mm-hmm. Uh, working there and and providing services, and so that was the idea was to to do the same thing for for Southside. And I remember that you were a very I think stalwart voice calling for the independence. Yeah, of the absolutely. And I think it is. I think you're absolutely right. You mm-hmm. really have restored the faith. Yeah. I mean, it really seems yeah. that way. That mm-hmm. um, you know, you you pushed back against that effort, I and I think it, it's paid off yeah. in the long term. The one thing that I would say just that kind of surprised me about that whole situation. Um, just being on the common council. I realize I'm biased because I'm part of the city government. (laughs) Um, But usually we have people who are coming to us asking us for money. Like everybody asks us for money. The city (laughs) departments ask us for money. Outside agencies, nonprofits ask us for money. In this case, this was actually a case where I think the city was prepared to invest quite Mm -hmm. a bit of of mm-hmm. money in Southside. Yeah. But the worry, of course, was mm-hmm. that what strings might be attached to that. Right. What does what the structure look right. like? So I guess my question would be, just thinking about the future, can you conceive of a future scenario in which Southside Community Center could maintain its independence um, and yet also be part of the city? Or do you think it's important for Southside to always be separate and always have its own independent identity? I think it's important for Southside to always be separate and have its its independent identity. I think it's it's critical that Southside have a healthy relationship um, with with the city. Uh, but I, you know, given my knowledge of the roots and my experiences, um, that's a that's a very very critical element. It's um, 
uh, sense of, of freedom, if you will, that sense of, of while we rely, it's, it's weird to say it because we're, we're, we're totally still relying on, on, on the city, um, financially and, and with the building. So some people are confused, like, how are you independent? But we, we are. And mm-hmm. that, that sense of, um, internal freedom or, or liberation, um, is, is critical to maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just, it's something that for me, like, affects, like, the psyche. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, cause I mean, I, I remember it was like when I came in, we were getting ready for Juneteenth. Yeah. And, um, and I just remember being like, like, ah, here we are celebrating, you know, uh, you know, um, emancipation and liberation, but we're like on the auction block, you know, it's the feeling. Right. right. And so, um, just really trying to work towards, towards shifting that. I mean, I dream of, I dream of renovations and honestly, yeah. I don't think we're that that's impossible to think about if you you know a future of, re- of some renovation renovations keeping some historic elements but you know taking some parts maybe to another level if we can get access to that kind of, kind of funding um i have every intention i'm gonna say it right now uh bringing michelle obama to ithaca to south side awesome. i mean if we can bring first lady eleanor roosevelt okay right. We, 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 we will bring Michelle Obama. Just like, let's get some of this Novo stuff up and I'll be talking to your mayor and check in and let's collaborate. You heard it on the Ithaca. Let's make it happen. That's right. That's right. Michelle Obama is coming to Ithaca. She's coming to Ithaca. And just, you know, just give us a little time to show off, publish a few pieces, um, make some awesome connections with some of the other, um, organizations or agencies, community centers in various places throughout the country, like having those relationships is key. So, so sort of going national with some of the ideas, um, and even with some of the work that we're doing. And I think, um, we have a new, I'll share it with you. We have a new, um, uh, our purpose statement. So we've maintained our mission. I won't want anything to touch the mission. Um, but our, our purpose statement. And then I told you about like the three areas, the conscious raising and political awareness, performing and visual arts and the food and nutritional justice. But our motto, um, <laughs> I think is cute and, and people all over are falling in love with it. We say that at Southside, we're building black unity. That's what we're doing. So you're going to repeat after me, ready? Building black unity. Say it. Building Black Unity. And y'all can come too. And y'all, and y'all can, can come too. There you go. I love it. All right. Where they, where so that's yeah. <laughs> right. So we yeah. can do some of these things, I think, because so we were talking before we started recording about designating the building as historic. Yeah. And that would be an avenue to get historic preservation grants. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I think it should be preserved anyway. Right. But if the, another benefit of that is exactly. that you it gives you access to money, that's how the Amy Zion Church is getting right. some money for their roof repairs and everything it's awesome i'm so excited about that i just met the new um the new pastor there she's um pierce and she's uh she's very very sweet i'm excited i'm hoping that we can keep her around how can the community help Southside community center Mm. oh that's such a good question well for starters we finally have a website um, that folks can check out, especially if, if you're, you know, curious or unfamiliar, um, www.sspr.org. 
pride.org. Um, and so that, that provides some of the details of programming, especially if I missed acknowledging any programming, my, everybody will let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you can also see our board members. We have, you know, we have quite the board. It's funny because there's, you know, Nidia and we, we, we grew up together, but, um, we also Pastor Wright is on our board. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nate oh, Wright. Cool. And we were all yeah. in like pre-K together. So there's this. <laughs> little little extra. I didn't realize that Pastor Wright. He's oh yeah, from are you are you my year? Wow, I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's people. Um, and then you know, long, long, you know, long time Ithacans that have lived here, and then a couple new folks, you yeah. know. So, um, and so we we will also be um, recruiting new board members at some point too. Um, just working to to strengthen that existing structure. Um, so yeah, so I say I say go on the website, check us out. Um, there are opportunities on the website to sign up to do some, some volunteering. We often have volunteers with kids or food pantry or events. I think, uh, Nidia and Katie Cox, Katie Cox is one of the youth leaders and, um, she and Nidia are putting on a, uh, uh, I think they're going to do like fresh Fridays throughout the summer and free barbecue and, you know, just things like that. Um, but we also have a program called dollar dance, which charges people just a dollar to come, um, dance with quality dance instructors in Ithaca um, three top ones Harmony Malone who's actually oh, I know who's, Harmony. yeah Harmony's chore- yeah. doing the choreography for um, Hairspray I think and- she, she just sent an email to the whole all the city employees. Yep. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that's my little sister. She, she makes it happen. Um, G Quan Booker and you know, he did, um, G GFC greatest common factor, the break dancers. Anyway, right. he's awesome. Um, he's one of the teachers and Jackie green, who is one of the youth leaders at GAC. So she comes over, um, and we have this dollar. So I, it's through a caps grant, the community arts partnership and some, some come funds that we pay them. We pay them a good amount because, you know, we're all about like really, especially emerging um, young, like black artists and paying them well for their craft, um, but charging everybody a dollar to get. So we're going to have actually a performance May 1st at the Kitchen Theater, a partnership at Mm. Kitchen. It's totally free. It's just about like really just being in the space and Bevan, the new, um, I forget her exact title, but she's amazing. And we've been collaborating too. So, but you asked about, mm, oh, for people to come to Juneteenth on the 16th, come, come check us out. Um, so there's checking out the website, there's coming to actual events, but it's a place you can just stop in too. I mean, if you have not come to visit, walk in, look to your right, Mama Fern will be at her computer or on her phone and she'll say, Hey baby, sign in. Who are you? You know, and, um, and, and, you know, I, I love giving tours of the space. I always have people come in the gym and look at the mural and I ask, what do we care about? Um, and Jay Stokes from GIAC, he made that mural when I was interim in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to take people around. So how people can, uh, you know, help? Well, there's always, you know, the financial help is always welcome. <laughs> um financial capital and support but sometimes it's really it's not even about that um the human capital um volunteering to um uh contribute to something we often have neighbors uh who come by and they have like a little plot of land in front of their house and they they want to invite the kids to come do potato boxes or to grow whatever so um i think you know outside of it just being about fundraising and making finance is the focus. I think it's about 
recognizing that the space is a place that a lot of people call home, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I know me as a single mother of three boys, uh, that's, that's significant. Yeah. for me. I'm just like, it's, a, I gotta, you know, I'm either on the hill or I'm here. You can imagine I'm all over and I have this central space where I can get, you know, anyone to drop off my kids and yeah. somebody will watch them and feed them. And then I'll be right there. You know, yeah, like cool. it's, yeah. it's, it just, you know, kind of bees like that. And, um, and I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of everybody kind of, uh, stepping up because it, you know, we were, we were doubted mm-hmm. for, for so, so long, but the creativity, the 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 beauty of the space in the space um it's just there's there's a a huge shift a huge shift um so so for people it's the invitation to to visit the invitation if we we haven't met if if you're listening and you and i haven't met like let's let's meet let's say hello let's connect um and um just knowing knowing the space there will be performances so there's the there's may 1st at the kitchen there's june 16th the festival um and even that weekend we're doing a bunch of stuff we're gonna do um spoken word at the elks Oh yeah, the night oh, of cool. yeah, because those three <laughs> spots, like we talked about, AME Zion Church, but the Elks, you know, these are That's three, big, you know, really historic important. black spots, you yeah. know, that served as, as you know, that had its, you know, its its beauty and purpose back in the day, and and then does currently now. So I think coming to those events, and then Comep, our performance will be August second this year we'll be at the north side about i think it's the 11th or 12th or whatever that saturday is so lots of performances those will be opportunities to purchase um you know south side stuff yeah. um we've got some chapsticks got yeah, some you, I, got, you I brought us, you uh, yep i brought so, you all shirts, t-shirts cool. um little chapstick, south side pride chapsticks <laughs> you know um media's a vegan so everything's all like you know all natural and delicious and whatever um and so we're just really trying to make sure that we are um, being good to ourselves as individuals um, so that we can be healthy and, and amazing to one another. So we talk about self-love um, and collective pride. And so let's do the motto one more time. Okay, okay, so, okay. So repeat after me. Building black unity. Building black unity. And y'all can come too. And y'all, and y'all can, can come, come too. too. There you go. That's good. <laughs> Well, thank you, Nia, for coming on. The, thank you the other for welcoming me. Thank you me. so much for giving us all that insight. I know. Yeah. This is cool. You know, I love talking about this. <laughs> it's nice. fun.